Welcome, everybody, to the Joe Random Sports Podcast. The famous name from MLB The Show Career Mode started a group of fantasy leagues years ago. And today, we gather with longtime Joe Random, Stephen Thayer, and Matt Ramirez to talk all things sports with other Joe Randoms. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, just keep swishing and don't strike out. All right, welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast, episode 10. Matt, we made it 10 episodes. Uh, pretty impressive. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, I didn't know how many we would uh, end up doing when we started it, but it's been, uh, it's been a good good, uh, good thing for the league, I think. The group chat has definitely picked up. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I think uh, it's taken off in, in its own way. I, our ratings aren't that great um, when we look at overall plays from, uh, but again, it's it's geared towards the fantasy league. And obviously we're, we're talking about other things. So hopefully we get some more viewers or excuse me, listeners down the line, but uh, it's been fun. Some spark shoot. The Sean Marion debate was a good one. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think you would uh, spark that big of a debate in the group chat. And honestly, a lot, I think we were at a, about a 60-40 clip with uh, people in the chat, but uh, that one is, that was a great debate. Um, kind of, I, I enjoy everyone texting throughout the games. I think that's cool. And yeah, the more we can make fun make, make some fun with this uh, fantasy league in real life, I think the, all the better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and not to th- throw your recent trade under the bus, but um, I, I, this was the first veto that we've had for those of you who are listening, uh, Matt's basketball trade got vetoed with Bert. Uh, so it was uh, Tyrese Maxey, Pascal Siakam and Devin Booker for basically just a first round pick late first second round, swap. Pick, a second swap. But, uh, I, I, I was shocked that it actually got vetoed, um, because it just, we haven't had that sort of participation in a long time. And I think it's a good sign that, the league is alive and well, um, and maybe in more, more than ever. Uh, so, uh, you know, sorry that your trade got vetoed, but, but I think it's a good indication that maybe things are, things are looking up for us. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it, the deal could be restructured. We, we could figure out something down the road, but, um, it's cool to see people getting back into it. I mean, obviously it's, more fun to be involved with fantasy sports when you're seeing these people more often. And I think us um, sparking conversations, I think has been a, a positive thing for the league. Yeah. And, and I also think we've had a pretty good amount of guests come on. We've, we've been able to keep it fresh, different guys come on. And I think that's kept it uh, kind of a novelty too to, to get everybody to keep listening. I was talking to Mark this morning and, and he, uh, you know, we'll have to get him on at some point. Um, but I was, it was good to hear from him and, and he's, he's chipping away. So, um, you're just like, great. You know, I'm, I'm happy that people are, are in this. So whew, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, what a freaking weekend, even, even going into last night with the national championship. I mean, shoot, where, where do you want to even start? If you love football, you love this weekend, that's for sure. Um, if you love predicting football, like the two of us like to do, we can either be on one side of the spectrum or the other. <laughs> what a week for you, though. Um, oh, man. Unbelievable. Oh, you you should have gone to Vegas. I should have made a lot of money in Vegas this weekend. But I was telling Andrew about it, and, and he was like, if you actually put the money on, it wouldn't have happened. And I'm like, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems to be how it works. But holy crap, um, 
we got a lot to talk about and and I'm just going to kind of give the listeners a little teaser. We've got we've got Colts Jaguars, we've got Steelers Ravens, we've got Niners, we've got Raiders, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, Rich Bisaccia, Justin Herbert, we've got coach firings, we have the national championship. I mean, we've we've got all sorts of things that we can discuss and um i want to why why don't we just start with the the hot topics of the weekend um and i i think everybody everybody was shocked that the the jaguars upset the colts um so you know i i want to i want to play a little bit of a clip here matt of uh, reminding everybody of your prediction um this is a two-parter but uh, let's let's see matt's prediction here for the uh, the colts uh, Actually, before the matchup, uh, the Colts being the dark horse in the AFC. Um, the dark horse team out of the AFC, I think, is still the Colts um, if they get in. I just think that run game and defense plays really well in the playoffs. I, I could be completely wrong with that, um, but I really like the Colts roster as a whole. <laughs> I could be wrong with it, I guess. Jeez. <laughs> I, you know, actually, because Andrew was on that episode with us and yeah. I was telling him how I'm going to hop on today. And, and he was like, oh, you need to play back Matt's predictions because those were bad. And, and he, Yeah, yeah. I, I like to say you win some, you lose most. And uh, some weeks you uh, win none and lose all. So <laughs> that's what it was this week for me. And, you know, I, I watched, I was watching, I think, was it first take the other day actually getting to the how the heck the Colts lost um I mean they were they were you know and it makes sense when you look back at it you're like well you know we keep talking about the Colts roster and you know we gotta get blindsided by Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and you know Jonathan Taylor Michael Pittman were like oh they've got Buckner yeah but DeForest Buckner like dang they've got a bunch of studs but then if you really dig deep into it, like they actually have a lot of holes and a lot of positions that I think were exposed early in the season, but sort of got patched up just by the play of Jonathan Taylor and, and the run that the Colts were going on mid, that middle towards the end of the season. So completely just, yeah, ignored some of those uh, mishaps. Yeah. I think the big thing for the Colts, uh, like we were talking about in the, in the group chat is Carson Wentz. I think if, any other quarterback who's a starter level caliber quarterback is playing for the Colts. I think the Colts have a good chance of winning that game. Uh, it's tough when, when you're turning it over at such a high clip to, to win games, even if it is against the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. So what a, what a joke that, <laughs> that pissed me off. It's embarrassing. I mean, the, the you, worst you're telling me you're going into Jacksonville with a chance to clinch a playoff game and you get stomped on like that. That's what a joke. Right. Should be, I, I'm in by unbiased here, but I would have to look thoroughly into Reich's job and possibly how to get out of the Carson Wentz contract. But man, yeah. I don't, that's tough. Yeah. No, I, I, man, I said last week, um, I don't know if this is over text or on the podcast, but I said his value was pretty good. Like getting him for a second or third yeah. rounder seemed like good value. Um, but I mean, you see why the Eagles wanted to move off of him. You see the flashes of brilliance. You see the solid play, and then you see a quarter of uh, playing like Helen Keller. I mean, I, I just don't get it. You take. You just made me th- think of. Would you, you'd rather have Jimmy than Carson, right? 
yeah, we can talk about Jimmy here in a bit, but um, quarterback rankings, this is why we waited till the end of the year for quarterback rankings. <laughs> I'm excited for that episode in the offseason. Yeah. See how everything unfolds. Um, so, obviously, the Jaguars, you know, kind of set the tone for the day. I thought it was hilarious watching the Ravens Steelers of how everybody in M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore was cheering for the Jaguars. <laughs> they both needed the Jaguars to win. And so that was kind of funny to watch. Um, we'll stick in the AFC here because that's where really all of the crazy scenarios happened leading up into the Sunday night game. You also predicted the Chargers to beat the Raiders. So I'm going to play a little clip here of kind of your Colts Chargers prediction. I do have the, uh, the Colts getting in um, and Raiders Chargers. I'm going to go with my guy, Herbert. Um, he's been my guy for the last year and a half now, so I, I got to roll with him, Andrew. I'm sorry about that. So, you know, what? which was really funny is after the fact, uh, obviously Herbert was, was awesome. And I'm going to let you talk about Justin Herbert because, you know, we both love him, but I know you really want to talk about Herbert. Uh, after, again, Andrew and I were talking after the game, and, <laughs> and he goes – you know, Matt predicted the Chargers, and he said he loves Justin Herbert. And, you know, no one was ever doubting that the Chargers have a more talented roster than the Raiders. But Andrew's like, but what I want to know is how the hell do the Raiders and Chargers have the same record? And, you know, he didn't tell me why they were going to win. So, so I guess to throw it back at you, why did the Chargers lose this game, Matt? Um, I think – where they lost this game is pretty obvious. A lot of people in the media and we're having this conversation in the group chat, obviously with Staley taking the timeout because the Raiders were quote unquote going to tie. Um, but the Raiders were going to run the ball one or two more times and try to get within field goal range. So I don't understand that whole narrative. Um, but where, where they did lose the game, I think it was maybe halfway through the third quarter. Staley goes for it on fourth and two maybe on his own 18. I can't remember the exact situation, um, but they go for it on fourth and two deep in their own territory. Um, and then basically give the Raiders an automatic three points. So I think that was, that's the biggest turning point. I think that's the reason why they are about a 500. The Chargers are about a 500 football team um, is because of the recklessness with going for it on fourth down and not taking points. They lost the, They've lost probably three or four games this year um, on similar situations, and I, I just don't understand. Or yeah, I just don't understand it. Um, I, I think that's the reason why they lost this game. On the whole Brandon Staley thing, like I'm actually going to defend him a little bit because I, I, what I see is is Gabe Kapler, and what I see is they they hire a young. Young coach, um, didn't have a ton of actual playing experience. I mean, Kapler obviously played quite a bit in the MLB, but uh, he he's kind of a younger, more analytic mind. And and I, I really believe that there's a lot of merit to what he's been doing. And if you are going to ride by a method, that's how you do it. And so, yeah, it was obviously questionable. You know, I know it's fourth and one or fourth and two, and, but you're, I mean, obviously most coaches punt that, um, but the analytics, I think, every, I think every single coach in the league punts that Steven. Yeah. But at the same time, this is something that they have done all season and he has not wavered from it 
whatsoever. And so I think it's important if you're trying to establish an identity of a football team, this is, this is some of the things that you have to do and you have to be consistent and in and, and those situations. And so in, in his defense, like I can't, I know they got the field goal out of it, but that's not the reason why the chargers lost. I mean, you can, you can pick a point. I mean, they, if they don't kick the field goal, let's say there's a 55 yard punt. They get it on their 30 yard Raiders start with it on their 30 yard line. The odds of them getting a field goal drop significantly. But again, it's, you know, the chargers also missed a 51 yard or two. And so that if they make that kick, they probably win it in regulation. So I can't put it on one specific thing. And I, I also can't, put but you it- can't put any game on one specific thing. So like when you ask if I'm, if there's a, a point in the game that really influenced the loss, I think that's it. I think because that's such a blatantly obvious one that a guy sticking to analytics, which we have seen even in baseball um, does hurt people when you, you can. only stick to analytics. Um, that's for me. I mean, I, I like analytics, um, but when your season's on the line and it's a common sense thing like that, I just, I would love to see the math on it because I, I just don't understand how the analytics match up. Well, they, they showed it that they showed it like live. I think it was like, there was a 35% chance of scoring or, or winning the game, excuse me, um, as is, but then if they convert it, it goes up to like 46% chance of winning the game. And then if they don't, you decrease to like 25% chance. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at that and, uh, but I, I actually love the aggressiveness. Data says if you are basically under fourth and three, you should go for it anywhere on the field. And I, I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a situational thing. Um, but I defend his logic. And I think the Chargers could be a really good team in the next couple of years um, if the players can still buy into that. One nice thing for analytics for coaches is that it always gives you an out. So no matter what, you can say, hey, the numbers say this, so this is what we do. So you never have to take accountability for that. And as a former player, obviously different sport, I think that just wears thin on guys. Um, it's like you, you have a chance to go to the playoffs and we're following an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> well, what I will say is everybody was knocking on him for the timeout. And, and like, why, you know, the whole, well, why don't you just let the clock run? I really do believe that the Raiders were kind of thinking about playing for the tie there. And I, I think if it wasn't for Jacobs getting that 10 yard run there, because they weren't going to kick a 60 yard field goal. And I don't I think have they any, were though. Uh, they might've, they might've, because they were going to, they, they were going to try to let it run all the way down at the clock. Yeah. But again, you still risk a return. You you don't know. It's like Brandon Staley said, like they were they were gonna run the ball. We didn't have the right personnel and we had to call the timeout. I can't fault them for doing that. I have to blame the defense for not stopping the run there. And I think there's that's a more holistic thing with with Staley. And one thing that you can really criticize him of is he's this new hotshot defensive guru for the Rams last two years now. Um, and he comes in and the Chargers defense goes from I think 19th or 20th to 28th this year, or 29th, yeah. and that's a big that's a big knock. If I'm looking at a guy that you hire for defense and you have uh, Bosa, Derwin James, 
um, couple of good cornerbacks. Yeah. yeah, that's that's tough. That's a tough optic for him to to fight off, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I I really I think it, there was it was touch and go there. I really thought for a moment it was going to end in a tie, and it was it was one of those the scenarios where like we're laughing about it, but then like it sort of slowly came into fruition, especially going into overtime. You're like, holy crap! Like it's a tie. And you still don't even really, you still don't even really think you're like, ah, well, somebody's going to win it in overtime. And then as you sort of see it unfold, you're like, oh, like yeah. the Raiders could very well be trying to end this game in a tie. Uh, but yeah. you know what? I, I'm just so happy that they didn't because everyone's like, oh, boot the Steelers, boot the Steelers. I'm like, the Raiders could give two craps about the Chargers. They wanted to stick it to them. They wanted to win the game. You don't, you play to win the game. Well, and that's what I'm like. Why would they want to go into Arrowhead? Like, I, exactly. I just don't understand why they were the fact that people are saying that they were going to like kneel on it and take the tie. That's no, that's yes. I, I um, mean, that's that would have been bad for football if, if they, if they actually sat on the ball like everybody wanted him to. It's like, no, you, you play to win the game. So I, I'm stoked that the Raiders had a statement. This is a division rival. You know, this is not, this is not the Detroit lions, you know, like or the Jaguars or the Jaguar, like, you know what? These guys hate each other. And I'm excited because I think this is going to spark a rivalry in the next couple of years. Last thing on that game, what a leader and what a player Derek Carr is. Isn't he? I respect the heck out of Derek Carr and what he's, what he's done for that franchise. I don't think I've seen a lot of, Derek Carr hate uh, Derek Carr hate on Twitter before, but man, especially from Raiders fans in these last few years, but he single-handedly kept that franchise afloat and got them to the playoffs. I don't mean to stay on this game too long, but wow, what a what a performance uh, this year, really, by him as a leader um, and a player. He sure did, and he didn't have great numbers in that Sunday night game, but he made some throws in the clutch that were like ballsy, like. Like this guy was was big time. So I'm excited to see where he winds up in our our rankings at the end of the season. And and I, I think uh he's gonna be the reason the Raiders have a chance moving forward, to be honest. He's the only reason they have a chance. I mean, I they were talking this morning about, you know, we knock on Mayock, but he's actually put some pieces together despite some of the really bad draft choices. Yeah, I mean, imagine if he hit on fifty percent of not even hit, but made like solid players out of these first round picks. I mean, instead of busts, if you get a guy that's uh, for John Madden's sake, an 80 overall in Madden, you know, instead of a 62, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to play, we're going to play Andrew's uh, Raiders prediction to get some vindication here. But uh, moral of the story, Chargers more talented team, but the Raiders win the game due to the adrenaline due to the home field advantage, so many things at stake here. And unfortunately, it might have to be as stressful as whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. <laughs> Isn't that so true? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know how much home field played into it, but the energy was definitely in the stadium. It was. We're going we're gonna to play, play mine here. In form, I think he rises to the occasion and the, uh, if it means anything, the Raiders are the hottest team in football. So I see them coming in, and it doesn't matter how good Justin Herbert plays. The Raiders' defense is incredibly underrated. This game is going to be won single-leggedly by Daniel Carlson. <laughs> um, so I'm uh, very excited for the Raiders there. 
<laughs> so Andrew said team that ends with it is going to win it. And I said, it's going to win by Daniel Carlson. The man had five field goals. What a beast. Yeah. That was, yeah. Carr Carlson and Max Crosby. Wow. Max Crosby might've put on the best pass rush performance I've seen since it's been a long time. He was a one man wrecking crew. They, they had what's his storm norton is the tackle he had no idea what to do with it. he was like holding him on every play what a freaking joke that the t- chargers don't put a tight end over there to chip they don't help with the running back they just keep doing what they're doing and let max crosby kick their right tackles teeth in what a joke <laughs> are, are you kidding me you're just gonna let your franchise quarterback just keep getting pounded by this oh my gosh it was bad. It was really How do you bad. not adjust? How do you not adjust? I don't understand. Well, I, I even – I mean, maybe they did have, like, Eckler try to pass block, but there was no stopping Crosby. They, Half the time, Eckler was running these little outs and wheel routes off the left side, and Crosby's rushing off the right. And crazy, <laughs> it was – what a – Yeah, they, they kind of took Eckler out of the game in the second half, too. Um, it just – at least from a receiving end of things. Uh, but, Wow. That Max Crosby is a freaking animal. Um, so my my question to you, Matt, now is, um, and then I'll let you talk about Justin Herbert because we can't ignore the performance that he put on. Was this enough to maintain, retain Rich Bisaccia? 100% in my eyes. I mean, I think the Raiders, they've shown that when um, – uh, Jack Del Rio was ended up winning. I feel like there was a lot of hindsight in that where, um, or regret in that where Raiders fans kind of wish they kept him once they moved off of him. Um, and I, I mean, I think Raider Richie should, should stick around. I think he's earned it. The team has been in turmoil, another DUI a couple weeks ago. Um, and they, Darren Waller's hurt for the, almost the whole year and they make the playoffs in probably the second best division in football. I, I that's a hell of a coaching job for an unknown special teams guy. I, I think he's earned the respect of the locker room. Um, the guys clearly play hard for him, so I, I don't see why they would even hold a, a interview process if I were them. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do with John Gruden. I, I think Gruden sort of had some of the pieces in place, and you know, obviously they started off 3-0, and and you're like, okay, well, Gruden might kind of knows what he's doing you know, he's, he's not, he's not old, some old joke. And, um, and you notice when Gruden went out, it's it sort of, that's when all the character and all the issues started to happen, right? That's when things really, and Carr was the perfect, perfect guy to weather the storm. And Bisaccia seemed to be the perfect guy to kind of rally these guys on the field. So, man, you win 10 games and Shoot, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to say that Gruden would have won ten games. It it, it just I think you have to give Bisacci the opportunity for sure. Yeah, definitely, I would agree, hundred percent. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, obviously, Raiders going into Cincinnati next week. Um, there's more to talk about from these last weekend's games, but who do you got, Cincinnati or Vegas? might be sad for a lot of our listeners after my last week of predictions, but I got the Raiders going in um, after Cincy and Joe Burrow took a week off to rest. I think Burrow's knee was a little bit more dinged up than he let on. Um, 
but I think the Raiders roll into Cincy and get a, get a playoff win. Oh man. Yeah. The listeners aren't going to be happy about that. They, they want you to pick the other side of things. <laughs> I know it. I know it, but um, man, I really like where the Raiders are at, especially defensively. Um, I, the Bengals don't have a good line either. And I think Crosby and the boys up front have another really dominant game. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Justin Herbert a little bit, and then we'll kind of move into some of the other crazy games that happened. Yeah. Uh, Herbert threw the ball like 64 times, which is unbelievable in itself. 384 yards. The Chargers were six of seven on fourth down. And I I mean, that that's a number. And these were not fourth and ones, fourth and inches. In fact, the one that they didn't get was the short one. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened. Like if they had like a difficulty probability level of the probability of converting six out of seven, fourth downs of at least like a nine and a half yard average. I mean, some shoot, they scored a touchdown on like fourth and 22 Herbert throws a missile in there. Like he was, he was on, he was on last night. So I'll let you uh, talk about uh, our guy, Justin Herbert. Yeah, so I think for me, the reason why um, I kind of have this love affair with Herbert, uh, it goes back to kind of how he holds himself and um, with all these negative things. So uh, Staley obviously stacks the deck against him at certain times. He's being asked to do things as a second-year quarterback that we've never seen before from, from since maybe Andrew Luck um, in terms of carrying a franchise. Uh, you look at his O-line could not block anyone um, besides Slater and Lindsley. Uh, other than that, um, the whole right side was uh, like the Mississippi River with, with Mad Max coming down on him. Um, then you get into receivers dropping balls. You get, I think I counted six drops. I don't know if that was an actu- actu- accurate stat, but I think it was at least six throughout the night. Um, and at the end of all of this, he's taking a physical beating, um, might not be getting calls that he likes, but his mannerisms, frustration, um, never yells at his teammates for running the wrong route, um, never uh, complains to his coaches, never complains to the referees, never asks for a late hit, never does anything except for focus on winning and focus on what he can control. And I think something like that, when you see um, – guys complaining left and right. You look at the NBA, you look at quarterbacks in the NFL, you look at um, baseball players arguing balls and strikes, and you look at a guy like Herbert or even a guy like Derek Carr, who all they care about, even though Carr does complain a little bit too much for my liking, but uh, you look at controlling what you can control and having an effect on the game. I, I just respect the hell out of the way Herbert plays. And regardless of what's going on with him um, in terms of getting beat up, or with the coaching, or with decisions, or with refs. He's the same guy every single play, and I think that is um, commendable, especially for, I think he's 23, 24-year-old uh, second-year player. To be able to carry the weight of a franchise like that, I think that speaks volumes, more so than the rocket arm or uh, the athleticism does. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. The poise, the confidence, the way that he – really leads this team and uh, he's only going to get better. You know, I mean, he's shoot. He could be in 
the top five already as in his second year in the league. So it's scary what, what he could potentially be when it's all said and done. So I, and, and you know, one thing he didn't do a lot in that game was he actually didn't tuck it and run as, as maybe more, maybe a lot. It was a lot less than we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. Didn't have any time to. Yeah. And, and especially when Crosby's causing like he, he, I think he's number one in the NFL in like pressures and hurries. Yeah. So, most, most since I think Aaron Donald in like 2018. Okay. Crazy so what he's doing. Yeah. So I, I couldn't agree more with, with Justin Herbert. Uh, what a, what a game, what a season. Uh, he's shoot nine wins in, in your second year trending upward. I, I think the sky's the limit for him too. Well, there was the Steelers and Ravens that sort of kind of started the whole, it was, it was yeah. the Jaguars, but then there was the whole Steelers Ravens thing. Uh, this is probably a good point to air the rest of my AFC prediction. Uh, so let's, let's air this one. I got a, a really bold prediction for you guys because this NFL has been, this season has been anything but normal and it's only fitting that the, the, the playoffs get there or the seating and all of that get decided by something abnormal. Um, so I'm sticking by obviously my Raider prediction, uh, getting into the playoffs and beating the chargers, check the chargers out. I think Jacksonville does upset Indianapolis check. And my quick reasoning for that is going into Florida, going into humid Florida late in the year. We remember the Miami miracle, a few years ago when uh, Kenyon Drake uh, upset Tom Brady. Um, it just happens to be that uh, New England is also going into Miami uh, this weekend as well. Uh, and uh, Carolina is going into Tampa Bay. I think all Florida teams win this week. Check, check. And uh, Jacksonville uh, upsets Indy. Indy gets booted. The Raiders win. The Steelers beat the Ravens. Check. The Raiders go in as the five seed and the Steelers the seven seed. And uh, I think uh, we're going to get a showdown here of uh, a rematch of Cincinnati and the Raiders. Uh, They're going to have to go into Cincinnati and this time uh, beat them on their turf. Check. Wow. You know what my favorite part about that whole thing is, is at the end of it, you just give me a wow. (laughs) Like, like you're crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) I, it's honestly like when you laid it out like that, it's believable, but um, it, it was just hard to see at the time. I mean, just starting with Indy in, ja- in Jacksonville, then you get into Big Ben, obviously Lamar is down, but wow. I mean, it's a, yeah, what a weekend for you. <laughs> it was, I mean, even like the little thing of like Miami beating New England at home again, you know, it's yeah. just, that's just some things that it's you have a feeling of. And this is why you should never go into Vegas because, you know, there, there are plenty of people that make these predictions and they, they lose a ton of money over them. Uh, but man, this would have been a nice parlay for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'd have been pretty rich. <laughs> so uh, Steelers Ravens. I mean, what a crazy game that was. And we don't have to dive too much into it other than, Hey, big Ben gets another week. And Obviously, they get to go into Kansas City this week. That is no easy task. I think everybody in their mothers has Kansas City winning that game. Um, just any thoughts on the Steelers getting in, Mike Tomlin's performance, um, and maybe the trajectory of, of them going into Arrowhead? Heck of a year from Tomlin. I don't 
give them much of a chance going into Arrowhead. But it is cool to see Ben in there. Um, I would have loved to have seen, obviously, like, in my eyes, I'm, a, I'm kind of a quarterback fan and someone who loves to see the best quarterbacks. But um, with going back to the Raiders-Chargers game, but with Big Ben having a cool storyline there, um, we were texting a little bit during this game and on that last fourth quarter drive, Najee Harris goes up and snares one one-handed on a kind of a bullet check down pass from Big Ben, um, makes two guys miss, scampers out of bounds for a 12-yard gain. And um, that ended up being probably, if Najee catches that ball or tips off his hand, pick six, like there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong there with how bad of a check down throw that was. Uh, for Najee to catch that and not stay in bounds, but get out of bounds um, and gain 12 yards and a first down on, I think, second and nine. That was, I, I thought that was the play of the drive and really kept their season alive and something that nobody's going to talk about. You did say that when it happened. Like, that's going to be the reason that the, that the Steelers win this game if, is that Najee play. So, I, yeah, credit there. Uh, that, was, that was what happens is good players make plays when it matters most. So, um, Steelers got it done. I gosh, the we can't highlight the kickers enough throughout the, this these series of games because really, with the exception of that that Hopkins fifty one yarder miss, and that's a fifty one yarder. I, I'll give him a pass for that. Uh, these kickers have been solid. Like, I mean, Robbie Gold coming in to, to fill in and punting. Even I was going to uh, say, yeah, Robbie Gold had a hell of a day. You know, Daniel Carlson might as well be the MVP of the Raiders this year. Uh, gosh, Boswell made it when it matters. Justin Tucker's had a crazy season, so it just highlights that you got to have good kickers if you're gonna if you want to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I, I dislike how much that kickers play a role in these playoff games and late seasons, but uh, you look at all the teams that are in it still that are the quote unquote championship favorites. And really the only one with a questionable kicker right now is, is green Bay. Mostly I would say because of the holder situation, it's kind of some insight here, but they've gone through three holders this year. I don't know if you knew that. Um, that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, um, a unit failure more so than a Mason Crosby failure in my eyes, but, um, Yes, a little little tidbit there with the kickers. The Packers have had a lot of special teams issues this year, and those yeah. are sort of being glazed over. It's an area that I think, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, that the Niners may be able to take advantage of in Lambeau in a couple of weeks, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for now. Um, Crosby's a great kicker, but I was so concerned, and that you could tell Buck and Aikman were with that, you know, Kyle usage coming in to, to hold because our punter was out. And so th- it cannot be overlooked. Do you have multiple holders? It's uh, there, there are things that are waiting to happen. <laughs> so holding's hard. Yeah. Just ask Tony it's, Romo. It's hard. It's a skill. Oh, <laughs> 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 love you, Tony. Uh, okay. So I guess now I think, shoot, we, Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. The, the Ravens, man, what a, what a disaster. I, I am, I, I kind of railed on them a couple weeks back of how I don't think they, they're really that good this year. Shoot. They were like eight and three and they end up going eight and nine. Uh, what a disaster. You think like John Harbaugh is a great coach and like we, we've seen what he he's been able to do. And, but, but I was shocked. They couldn't even get one game 
like I know Lamar was banged up. I know they've had injuries in the running game, et cetera, et cetera. But man, like your defense has got to pick you up somewhere. You've Huntley, like Huntley didn't know how to freaking throw the football at the end of the game there. Like he was dynamic, but like, what does that even mean? He, I mean, he's just chucking the ball on every play. So yeah, it's kind of weird. He got this kind of hitching his giddy up with his throws. Um, so I don't know. I, I, we won't we'll have to talk about the Ravens too much, but what a bad year for their training staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> training staff and uh, to, to go under 500, that does not happen, uh, especially under John Harbaugh, especially under Ray Lewis, Brian Billick. Like, they just don't go under 500. I don't know how, I don't even know if they've had any 500 seasons as a Baltimore Ravens franchise. So uh, that, that would be one to look at. Um, but okay. Moving into the NFC. Um, there was really only one game, really two games, but really only one game in balance in terms of what was going to determine the, the final seven teams. And that was obviously the Niners and Rams. Um, we had quite a few discussions before that of whether or not, it was going to rely on Matt Ryan to pull the Niners through. Obviously, you know, the Saints have been playing pretty good football lately. Uh, the Niners going into L.A. kind of banged up a little bit. Jimmy with the thumb. You know, it, it was looking a little bleak there. Um, and, and both of us included were sort of like on the fence of if we could actually pull something off. And uh, Matt Ryan, uh, good thing we didn't have to rely on Matt Ryan. Uh, but I'm going to play. I'm going to play a clip of what you had to say. Um, you have a couple clips here about the Rams Niners here. LA is going to play as hard as they can to win the division and keep the two seed. So I don't, I think my hall of famer, Matt Ryan has to, has to pull something out for us. <laughs> oh, I don't know about hall of fame after that, but oh man, the Falcons were really disastrous this season. <laughs> The Falcons might be heading towards the Giants-Jaguars territory of worst, worst run front offices. They put together one of the worst teams I've ever seen this year. <laughs> and it didn't help, you know, Calvin Ridley going down, but, man, they just don't have a lot over there right now. Yeah. Uh, and then the, you had a second clip of the Rams prediction. Uh, it's just an underachieving year, disappointment, Um and I don't think they get in. Um, I predicted the same result uh, against the Rams last, last time, so I'm going to roll with that. Mm. Obviously talking about the Niners there, not thinking they're going to get in. <laughs> I also There's a caveat to this take. Obviously, the Matt Ryan take was completely wrong, but um, I also predicted the Niners to lose on Monday Night Football a few weeks back. So I'll, I'll leave it at that because I don't want to talk about it too much. But um, that was kind of where I was going with that. One. Yeah, it, it's really hard for us Niners fans to make a non-biased prediction with these <laughs> these games. Uh, we're going to go ahead. What was it? What were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm probably one of the most uh, cynical Niners fans out there, too. Oh, me too. I was terrible. During you, I, I was I was I'm glad my reverse jinx looked or worked because I was so bad in the group text. I'm like, we're terrible. We're losing. We haven't been good. And, uh, whew, that was, that was hard. That was hard for the blood pressure. But, uh, I actually did think slightly favorably going into the match. We're going to play that clip here. Well, let's see. 
I mean, obviously the Eagles are already in, so it's really just Niners or Saints. And uh, I can't, I can't stomach myself. I, I mean, I'd rather predict myself to be wrong and, or, you know, I, I'd rather be wrong to take a win somewhere. Uh, but I'm going to say that the Niners actually do find a, a little lightning in the bottle here. I, I despite my criticism, <laughs> they did find lightning in a bottle with Debo Samuel. They sure did. What a player. Uh, gosh, he was amazing. Um, and then I'll, I'll play Andrew's clip here since we're here. Uh, Andrew, of course, was like, oh, I, I knew they were going to win. Uh, McVeigh, Shanahan owns McVeigh. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to matter what happens with New Orleans. I, I do think the Niners pull one out um, again against Los Angeles. Um, I think, number one, Shanahan kind of owns McVeigh. And, and it's going, going in the past, including this year. So uh, McVeigh was 43-0 and at half. When he was winning, like I, I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Uh, do we want to dive into this game a little bit? Let's let's get it. By the way, you, you're kind of giving me some McVeigh vibes, actually. If you had if you had some like wrinkles in your forehead, I could and maybe grow out the beard. I could see little Sean McVeigh there. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would. I would take that. <laughs> but. Um, for the game, I thought I thought the Niners were dead at the half. I really did. Um, I knew that McVay still hadn't lost at halftime after leading. So I decided to go run some errands and blow off some steam. I get an ESPN notification that the Niners pulled it within a touchdown. So I turned it back on on my phone and followed from there on out. So what a game. Um that pick that Jalen Ramsey had on Jimmy, oh. what a play. Uh, the biggest thing, the one knock on Jimmy is that he does, whenever he gets into a four-speed Kittle mode, he, he tends to get himself into trouble because he does his miss is high. So some of those tip balls do happen. But, wow, what a, what a game. Jimmy, in the second half especially, showed a lot of guts. Um, and, wow, I, I, don't, I don't have – a ton to say about it besides that I, they, they earned it. They earned their way in. And uh, I, I couldn't be more happy for that, for this, for this team. They were way too talented to miss the playoffs and the quarterback controversy moving into the off season is going to be interesting to see what they uh, decide to go forward with. Yeah, they, they sure did earn it. And uh, I was like you, I, I I couldn't stomach after the first half I was done I was like I can't watch this and then uh, towards the end of the game there when we kind of blew our last drive I was like all right like I'm going to blow off some steam I'm gonna go for a walk because I, I just couldn't handle it and I checked my phone on my walk to sort of be like all right like is it officially over can I have my closure like I've got all my statements typed out like ready to just unload and um and I look and I'm like, holy crap, they're driving. And, and my first thought was, how the hell did we get the ball back? Because there was like two minutes left and we had just given up the football. We just had the punt. Again, Robbie Gold had a, like a 49-yard punt. That was yeah, the second he hit a bomb, yeah. Clutch, clutch. First of all, I'm like, dude, Wisnowski, like, like why, why are you leading with your head? What the hell was he doing? 
Oh man. And it, it cannot, we cannot be on life support at that position in the playoffs. It's going to bite you in the ass. Um, yeah. you, that's, you need to have a good punter to flip the field. Uh, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like, how do we get the ball? And I, I watched the film again. And I was like, shoot, we really did stop them to go three and out and get the ball back. And uh, that was a big stand by the defense. Great management by Shanahan to keep all of his timeouts. I mean, you never know when those come back to bite you. So obviously Niners get the ball back a minute 31 or a minute 27 left on the clock. And uh, I, I, I know you're going to be like, you can't make that comparison, but Jimmy was a little cool Joe Montana there. I mean, just, just, just taking the troops down the field. He made some big time throws, uh, man, with a his hump thumb hanging off of his hand. And like the guy, you talk about Justin Herbert, poise and confidence and leadership, dude. Jimmy is so freaking cool as a cucumber. Like he he keeps a level head. That interception to Ramsey could have easily just like said the hell with it i mean it it, yeah it wasn't like it wasn't his worst interception that he's had he's had some really bad red zone picks this one was just a freaking pro bowler all corner making an all time yeah yeah um so but jimmy jimmy man i cannot say enough about him for all of those trey lancers out there like i hope they're finally shut up because there was no way that trey lance was going to win this game Nobody, nobody and their brothers is able to pull off with Jimmy. There's very few quarterbacks in the league that could take the team down like he did when the Niners had their backs up against the wall. Um, so for whoever, when Jimmy leaves, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, people are still saying, oh, like it's Trey Lance next year, no matter what, uh, people are going to miss Jimmy. And I said it last time, um, I'm going to say it again, because he is just invaluable to the squad. So Man, Jimmy Garoppolo, he 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 uh he cemented a, a firm place in my heart if he wasn't already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he he definitely earned some brownie points uh with with upper management in terms of the quarterback situation. I don't this might be a little too soon to talk about it, but I don't know if they move off of Jimmy this year now. Depending on how this ends. Actually, my question to you was going to be exactly that. How far does Jimmy have to go before the management is like, all right, we're rolling with you one more year? Because Trey is so young, he still might be 21, if not a really young 22. But I, as long as it doesn't end ugly and there's no long rehab with his thumb in the offseason and he doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders by a yard to lose a game or something like that, um, I just I don't see the Niners moving off of him. If I were the Niners, uh, I would keep him for another year and let Trey try to refine really go back to the basics in terms of his throwing motion. And if you look at Rogers in some preseason games when Favre was still there, he had the ball way up high. He had kind of a herky-jerky throwing motion. And I think if Trey Lance does some sort of renovation like that, I think it could help him a lot. So I don't – like Jimmy's contract isn't huge. Trey's obviously on a rookie deal. I don't think it's a bad move to keep Jimmy around for another year and try to compete while Kittle's still, quote-unquote, in his prime if he stays healthy. Trent Williams is getting older. Debo is going to have a few more years left. Obviously, Fred Warner is pretty young. But as some of those older guys age out, I don't see the harm in keeping Jimmy around. And when, and I say when he gets hurt next year, then you hand the, the reins mm. over to Trey. I don't know. Uh, 
showed me some major guts to play through that. Uh, I don't think the Niners keep Jimmy just to bench Jimmy. If if they're going to keep him around, they're using him. And Jimmy's going to want to play, obviously. So I think Jimmy would love to come back and, and be that guy if that's who they commit to. But if they're committing to Trey Lance and they want Jimmy Garoppolo to be a Drew Bledsoe, like I, I, I don't see it happening. I think they'll, they'll find a home for him. Um, and, and I think that would be the right thing to do if you're in management. Hopefully you can get something for him. Has the NFL ever done what's right for the player? I mean, come on. The Niners have him under contract for another year. They're going to use him how they want to use him. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it would be my hope that uh, they actually do sit Trey Lance another year. Um, I, I don't think it can hurt. I really don't. Um, and, and then if Jimmy really does struggle halfway through next year, or like you said, if he gets hurt again, uh, then uh, Trey Lance, uh, fine. You know, then, then you're, you're, you can do it. But um, to just oust him for no other really good reason, I, I, I have a hard time believing that. If, if the Niners' window is as small as they think it is. Yeah, I mean, I think Shanahan and management – know a lot like it says a lot about Trey Lance what their decision making is with Jimmy Jimmy in a play-in game that they need to win is playing with a torn thumb ligament and fractures Trey Lance is completely healthy and as Mike Zimmer said the other week when asked about Kellen Mond and why he doesn't get a chance to play um as the backup he asked because I see him or he answered because I see him in practice every day so I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that Trey Lance um, in a winner go home game with Jimmy probably at 80, 90 percent, maybe more with some some drugs shot into him. But mm. I it tells a lot that the Niners traded up what I think it was three at the end of the day, three first round picks and a lot of basically mortgage their future for Trey Lance. And he we're looking at possibly him riding the bench for two years. As uh, a top four pick, so that's it does a lot. That's insane. Uh, you, that's a great quote, by the way. You see him in practice every day, and this was after Trey Lance uh, had a pretty good game against the Texans. If you at least look at his stat line, I'm liking Trey more than we did a few weeks ago because I'm seeing improvements. Um, it's okay. not like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, a little bit of promise here, but. You're seeing guys get better. Even Mac Jones, as the year has gone on, I would say he's plateaued or gotten a little bit worse as the year has gone on. Trey is getting better, but it does, like, actions speak louder than words. And no matter how much the Niners say that this is Trey Lance's team in the future, Jimmy's playing well. He's giving them chances to win. And I think the fact that Trey is not playing speaks a whole lot more than uh, about what they're going to do in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. Mac Jones, only rookie quarterback in the playoffs uh, as a starter. So that's a, that's an eye opener uh, with the season that he's had and where the Patriots got him. You mentioned Trent Williams. This was the Niners winning without their two starting tackles in Williams and McGlinchey. I mean, like they're, they're banged up in Elijah Mitchell, man. Oh man. I just love this guy. Like he, he's a freaking grinder. Um, and he just pounds the ball. Like they found him in the sixth round. Like they were showing like the graphic of all these like late round finds. And I'm like, I don't know how John Lynch is, is doing it, but. He should, start, he should start doing that research on his early round picks. <laughs> Why are we using a third rounder on Trey Sermon? Or was that a second rounder? Yeah, dad, regardless, too high. 
Yeah, for a guy that can't <laughs> even make the roster. Or uh, Ayuk after passing on all these other receivers. I mean, it's tough. It's yeah. tough for me because they obviously hit a lot of, a lot of late-round draft picks. But they've missed on quite a few early ones. Uh, oh, going yeah, back yeah. to uh, Solomon <laughs> Thomas being one of those, one of my favorites to look back at with all those guys that got drafted after him. Yeah, and and this year Aaron Banks like doesn't even see the field. I mean, it's just it's weird. You, we could really dive into to it uh, of who's made worse draft picks, Mayock or Lynch. Uh, well, <laughs> that's another debate. Mayock. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, all right. Well, the Niners uh, pulled it out in crazy fashion. They are going to go into Dallas. Just what I wanted to see. To me, this is the best matchup. And and I this was I, I was saying this before all the analysts the, these last two days are going on and, and talking about how, ooh, like Dallas is in trouble. Like nobody wants to see the Niners in the playoffs. And and I was like, yeah, like like Dallas better watch out. I mean, first of all, look, I like Dak Prescott, but he's he's decent. You know, he's he's not gonna be the reason that they win or lose, in my opinion. Dak real quick, Dak or Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. What? Absolutely. Look at what they've done. Jimmy's won Jimmy's won playoff games. Whoa. I'm I'm shocked. Jimmy's won playoff games. Look at the roster though. Jimmy had Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another Dak, time. Dak, quarterback ranking. I like Dak Prescott. He's good, but he also has an elite offensive line. Elite, so does Jimmy. elite, elite so does Jimmy. around him. I disagree. I think the Cowboys have better weapons and a better offensive line. Um, They're using Zeke and Zeke sucks. <laughs> it's, the Niners got Devo, Kittle, IU, like, Obviously, the receiving core of the Cowboys is better, but Gallup's always hurt. I man, I think they're very similar situations. They are. Uh, you're right. They're they're both him and Derek Carr. Both those two guys and Derek Carr. They're both sort of these like, you know, mid mid to you know higher tier quarterbacks that um, are sort of in the mix of like, hey, like we're you're respectable and and you can win us some football games. Um, you got a chance to win a Super Bowl with those guys. I like the experience uh, in the clutch factor that Jimmy brings. Yeah, Jimmy's a tier below for me, but go ahead with the I think it's a great matchup for the Niners. Uh, I really I, – I think Dallas I, – I don't know if defensively they can hang with us. I know they have, they've had a good defense this year, but if they can neutralize um, Michael Parsons at the line and if they can neutralize uh, or just – well, that, that's one thing I have to worry about is Garoppolo throwing it over the top to make sure that he doesn't hit uh, digs. But other, other than that, I almost guarantee one bad Jimmy pick. <laughs> almost guarantee it. It's more so the game flow for me. I think Shanahan is just a better uh, – I hate using it, but the, he's just a better offensive mind than McCarthy is or Kellen Moore. I mean – Yeah, Kellen Moore runs that show, let's be real. Yeah. So, to me, Shanahan's going to have some crafty plays – this is this is an interesting matchup for me. There's obviously the rivalry implications. They haven't played each other in the playoffs since '95, and it's a Madden Summerall game. Uh, that there's a lot of bad blood between these teams. Watch, they're gonna put freaking Troy Aikman on the call. I just know it. Uh, yeah, Aikman, Aikman and Buck, especially because Green Bay is not playing, and <laughs> yeah. it'll be ridiculous. 
So uh, I maybe not have given a great answer, but I think that the Niners can play with anybody. They're never going to be outmatched with anybody in these playoffs. I really, I really believe that the, the, their success hinges on the execution. That's really what it comes down to. I think they can compete with anybody. I think, yeah, I think it comes down to Jimmy. And if he turns it over less than two times, I think they win. If he turns it over two or more, I think they lose. Yeah. So uh, out of all the teams, I was, I was thrilled to get Dallas one because I hate him and I want to stick it to him. But second is, uh, I didn't want to play a divisional opponent again. And I, you don't want to go into Tampa Bay and play Brady. So like, this was yeah, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this was the, I best mean, I think, yeah, I think Dallas is the best option. They, the weakness of their defense has been stopping the run slightly. I mean, honestly, they have a really good defense. I was talking about them a couple of weeks ago, but you look at them when they don't play the NFC East and they're kind of a different team. They're an above-average defense, not probably a top two or three defense when they're not playing the NFC East, but it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I really hope Tony Pollard stays on the bench. I hope Zeke gets 25 carries. And uh, if we want to get into predictions, you can lead us off, but I don't know if you're there yet. It's, uh, it's so hard for me to pick that game. Um, we'll, we'll leave that for a second. Okay. So, okay. Uh, there's the Eagles are playing the Bucks. I, I again, it's sort of like the the Chiefs Steelers. Like I just don't think there's any way that Philly wins this game. I, I do you, unless you have something there. I, I think it's going to be tough. I don't. I think I don't think Brady's going to let them lose. But I think it'll be similar to Washington last year, where they really put up a fight. I think Hurts is way better than people give him credit for, and uh, they're a great team. Fair. Philly's played a lot better. Sirianni took that team out of the gutter. And um, I, you know, it's going to depend on the health of the defense. Does the Shaq Barrett play? Does um, um, Jason Pierre Paul play? JPP, yep. Yeah. That's going to help if they're on the field, but even then I still think they're, they're going to be fine. So uh, Tampa Bay there. And then uh, the Monday night game, Arizona, the Rams. Um, do you have anybody there? You think the, the Cardinals maybe, because we don't really know what they are right now. This is a weird matchup because the Rams looked really good going into this past week, but you look at Stafford, the way he's played down the stretch, and I don't know if he's battling something behind the scenes injury-wise. Uh, this is kind of a team that's that lost a lot of momentum this past week, and I don't know. I could see, I could see Arizona winning, but I got to go L.A. and kind of a shootout. Um, shootout game this is going to be interesting because if if Stafford does not win this game there's going to be a heck of a lot of questions about what the hell did the Rams just do like what what what's the deal with Stafford and like he's leading the league in interceptions not not our guy Jimmy Garoppolo it's Matt Stafford by a large margin uh, well maybe not that large of a margin. Well, well Jimmy doesn't play enough games to be in oh, that oh goodness um but the dude's thrown like 17 picks. I I know he's thrown 41 touchdowns and thrown for almost like 5,000 yards. Uh, I will give – you know what? Stafford made some throws to Cooper Cup and, and some some really tight windows in the game last last week. Uh, overall, I, 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 I mean, he's still good. It's just there's going to be a lot of questions about Jared Goff and Matt Stafford if he can't win this first playoff game. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when the trade happened that Vegas only moved their expected wins from 9 to 10. 
something to be said about what Vegas thinks about Matt Stafford. That's a great point. We'll see what kind of Kyler Murray we get with uh, with the Cardinals. Um, I know he, since he's been back, he hasn't been himself, or he hasn't. They just haven't been as good. I, I don't see this game not being close. Okay. For the sake of just predicted prediction and sound bites down the line, we forgot about the uh, New England Buffalo game. Uh, who you got there? I'm gonna go Buffalo. Okay, I like Josh Allen. He's kind of going to be a mainstay in these playoffs for the next coming years. Um, they have to go into Buffalo. You know, I'm taking New England. I'm taking New England. I, I think Belichick's not going to let this one fly, especially off of the Miami loss. Got New England there. I've got the Raiders. I've got the Chiefs. And then but you do have the Raiders beating Cincy. I don't know if you officially predicted I, that. Maybe I didn't, but now I'm predicting it officially. Uh, yeah. Raiders going into Cincinnati and they're going to win. And then uh, that's going to slate them potentially against Buffalo by my, no, new, uh, well, no, if new England, I guess that's the, other so if Cincy, are we talking Cincy and Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. So if they be, they go into Tennessee. That's right. And I, and I, I think uh, that's going to depend on the health of Derrick Henry. So if if Henry's on the field, that I think that could make them on automatically AFC championship and actually AFC contender. Um, so we're gonna wait and see on that one. But for right now, uh, Tannehill can rest his arm. Julio and AJ Brown, they can all get their their much needed deserved rest. Um, and <laughs> all right, definitely. Okay, so. Anything else that uh, you want to touch on in the NFC? I, I think I said before, I, I think the Niners win, and I think they're going to get to go into Green Bay, and uh, they're going to upset the Packers and Lambeau, and then they're going to have a showdown with Tom in Tampa Bay for the NFC Championship, baby. Nice. So that's, so that's who you got? I've got who, do you, who do you have winning that game? Ooh, between the Niners and Bucks. Yeah. If the Niners get that far, they're winning it. So, like – Put them in the Super Bowl, baby. Wow. <laughs> I really, it, 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 we're going to look back at this in three weeks and we're going to be like, yeah, well, we should have seen it coming. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's again, I, I think it's. So who do you have Green Bay losing to? Sorry. I have Green Bay losing to us. I think LA, Arizona goes up to Green Bay. No, we're we're the sixth seed, so we would have to go into Green Bay, and they would have to go into Tampa. No, I'm pretty sure because Tampa's the two seed, so they would get the winner of the four and the five matchup. Oh, you're right. You're right. So I mean, I mean, this is all, of course, assuming Tampa Bay just squashes Philly and we take care of Dallas. I mean, it could change. It could change, but. Um, Right now, I've got us going into Lambo and upsetting Nathan Kuzbari. <laughs> He's going to be listening to this and be like, no, come on. Like, the, the Packers are winning the Super Bowl with Rodgers and Devontae and, and ooh, Russell Douglas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, goodness. Um, all right, we're, we're getting down to the wire here. Um, there was – we, we didn't even talk about the national championship that much, but, man, what a day for Georgia. I mean, they're just – I'm sure they're partying like crazy today. <laughs> like, yeah, they broke through finally. It was uh, 
it was impressive. It's, it was good to see. It was actually the first time I was rooting for Alabama because I wanted Bryce Young to get his and keep the Heisman championship thing going. And I, I have a lot of respect for Nick Saban. I think I was thinking about it. And I'm like, he's got to be like, maybe the he could be the greatest coach like in in sports history. Like he's he's up there. I mean, yeah, I would agree, man. He's a legend, just an absolute legend. So just to see him out there. Um, and he, he lost pretty graciously too. I, I mean, nobody can be upset about the about Georgia winning. That was amazing. Yeah, it was a it was a heck of a game. Georgia's defense is really really good. They're elite. And props to Stetson Bennett for uh, showing people what he can do because um, odds were obviously stacked against him. So happy for the guy. Happy for the Bulldogs. And um, happy for Clay Thompson. Seventeen points in his return. Welcome and- back, Clay. Yeah, Clay Day, baby. Uh, it's today, one eleven. Uh, so we'll um, we'll have to do it again. We keep saying we're gonna do a Warriors podcast. It is coming. We will do it at some point. And then uh, I have a, a trivia. Oh well, uh, before the trivia question, uh, dude, all the coaches fired, getting fired. Man, like, do you, like Brian Flores to me was the biggest. Like, did, did you have any takeaways from some of those coach firings? Yeah, I was, I was shocked with Flores. Obviously, him and ownership must not have gotten along very well. Um, but which job would you take if you were a head coach who had the opportunity to take any of the jobs? You know what? Fish posed it in the group text, but uh, Minnesota is a very attractive place. You know, they that seem to have a good ownership, they retain their coaches. They have some something to work with there. Everybody wants to bring Chicago back to relevancy, but they're, they're kind of a dumpster fire um, with I think with their lineup right now. And I, I don't I don't want to work with Justin Fields. I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't I don't I know there's like a lot of promise with him, but I don't see it. And um, gosh, I was just shocked that you know I, I think it was behind the scenes with Flores. You know, they were saying that him and the general manager had quite a few disagreements, but that's a shame. Like the fact that he won 10 games last year and then in nine games this year, like going winning eight of nine, taking that team on a run, getting something out of Tua and he gets let go before Joe Judge finally got let let go. I mean, that was that's a shame. And I think Brian Flores will be the number one. I think him and Leftwich, and obviously the Chiefs offensive coordinator uh, Eric Bieniemy, they're going to be three hot targets. I know people are talking about Jim Harbaugh get, co- coming back to Chicago or or taking another job, and uh, I, I just I just don't see it. I, I don't see him leaving Michigan. So I know there was like, oh, he can bring Vic Fangio back, and they can they can run the troops in New York, and uh, man, so many vacancies. Uh, Broncos too, and Obviously, the Jacksonville is going to be an interesting situation. Do you have a preference that you would prefer? I think Minnesota would probably be the one. I don't. I just. I don't know if the the only other one that would intrigue me would be Denver, but they'd have to get the quarterback right. If they're able to get uh, via trade, or I don't think there's a quarterback in the draft that would entice me enough. But they were able to get obviously Rodgers or Derek Carr. Uh, they probably can't get Carr within division, but. Russell Wilson, Jimmy, if they were able to get a solid quarterback, I think that would entice me enough because I think Denver's roster is good. But Minnesota with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is solid. 
And past that, I just – I don't – Miami's an interesting one because they got a good defense, but Tua's not the guy. Fields is not the guy. New York, I'm not doing that. And then I, I, I think those are the two for me. Gettleman and Judge really t- like destroyed that team. If there was something there before, they just completely – botched the draft picks with Barkley and Jones, the Galladay signing, the trading Beckham, like, man, it, it's a rough, it's a rough send off for uh Gettleman and judge. Well, okay. Uh, you're shoot. We didn't get to talk about uh, Davis mills, man. What a day that he had. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, but uh, the trivia question of the day or the weekend is um who was the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver over the weekend? Over the weekend? Um, it's got to be one that's a little obsolete or else you wouldn't be asking it. <laughs> uh, maybe the Chiefs guy? Uh, was it Hardman that had a good game or was it uh, Pringle? Oh, I'm going to say Hardman. I think Hardman had the good game, right? I'll, I'll give you a hint. I just mentioned Davis Mills. Oh, was it? Uh, did Cooks have a good game? Wasn't Brandon Cooks? See, I don't know because I don't know any but any other receivers on the Texans. Old friend Danny Amendola. Oh my gosh! Seven catches for 113 yards, two touchdowns. He would have been your perfect lineup wide receiver one. This wow, week. that's unbelievable. <laughs> This is why we don't play fantasy in the last week of the season. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, gosh, that was a good episode. A lot of lot of juicy stuff in there. Um, yeah. This is uh, this has been fun. Any last comments, thoughts? No, I'm excited for this playoffs, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up for sure. Okay. That does it for the Joe Rana Sports Podcast episode ten. We'll see you guys next time.